there was ideas like, could I do something else? Do I want to do something else? Yeah. And it, it was tough. I was going through a lot of transitions, even with the last place I was at before Thrive. And I just wasn't happy doing what I was doing because mm. I'd also gone into different roles. And so by going through it, mm-hmm. I realized what I like and what I don't like. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I truly enjoy mentoring, right? Truly enjoy that. Truly enjoy helping agents get off the ground and connections with people and building relationships. So there was a point where I wasn't really doing that. And I'm like, what am I doing? How did I get in this position? You know, like, it's almost like I lost sight of what I was aiming for, you know, from the get. Yeah. Uh, what got you up in the morning and yeah, yeah what kept you going? Yeah. yeah. It, I lost sight of all that. Welcome to the Real Better Life podcast, where people that are writing stories worth telling share their knowledge, wisdom, and perspective to help you go further, faster as you move to your better life. Over to your hosts, Dave Ness and Rob Alkema. Welcome to the Real Better Life podcast, episode number 15. And today we get to hear from Brandon Sampson, another one of Thrive's very own. Here's a little bit about Brandon and what you're going to hear today. He started in real estate in January of 2019. He started at a leads-based brokerage, worked there for a while, had some success, and then actually left to start a brokerage from the ground up and helped build that over the next couple of years. While he was there, he wore a lot of different hats. He was a top producer. He was a mentor. He was a recruiter for a period of time, and he was uh, sort of an all-around ops guy during that time. Well, he came to Thrive about uh, six months ago in uh, March of 2023 and has been a phenomenal partner that just embodies a lot of Thrive's core principles, mission, vision, and values. So you'll enjoy hearing his backstory today about how he grew up, how he ended up in Colorado, and especially how he got into real estate and then some of the lessons that he's learned along the way, not just about the industry or about sales or about people, but also some of the lessons he learned about himself. So with that, let's jump into the episode. All right, Mr. Brandon Sampson. B-Samp. On the Real Better Life podcast. We're super excited to, to have Brandon here. Brandon is a thriver alongside of myself and Rob. Joined Thrive recently and has excelled in many different areas, including leadership in terms of a, a being a mentor. And so we're, we're excited to dive in and just pick your brain a little bit, get to hear your background, understand what your view into real estate is, the the high points, the low points, yeah. the great things about real estate, the not great things about real estate, <laughs> which as we sit here and drink bourbon, there's plenty. <laughs> <laughs> so we can all be honest about that. But yeah, let's dive in. So give us a, give us like a two to three minute, you know, kind of overview about just how you got into real estate. What was your first foray into this crazy world of, of real estate brokerage? So, yeah, I mean, it was a something that took a while to get into, yeah. right? And so for me, I was in sales with Verizon while I was in college That's at right. Central Michigan. Yep. Fire up chips. Yep, fire up chips. <laughs> Saw a guy making a play out there yesterday for the nice. Chiefs. Yeah, but no, so I use that as a tool to basically move because I've always wanted to move from Michigan. That was like something I've said since I was in third, fourth grade. <laughs> yeah. Sorry um, to everyone who's listening to this. In yeah, I mean, they know. If they know me, <laughs> me they know. Hey, me too. Right? <laughs> I, yeah. I yeah. was from the other side of the state, but it was like, <laughs> yeah, how soon can I get out of this yeah. place? <laughs> I've just always had this itch to go explore the world. Yeah. You know? I love yep. that. So just started to utilize 
what I already had as tools to be able to make that happen. Mm-hmm. So I was able to really transfer anywhere within the company, you know, that had a position available. I had so an interview when you for moved it. Here, you were still at Verizon. Yeah, yeah. So I interviewed Denver, I interviewed San Francisco and Honolulu. Okay. Mm-hmm. I've never been to any of these places. Oh. And you should definitely go to Hon- Honolulu. Yeah. No, that would be awesome. So I actually accepted the position in San Francisco and you know, emotional highs. I was young and I got scammed on an apartment. Oh, so I lost a couple grand. Dude. And the next day I'd been waiting on Denver to call me back. And the GM there, she was from Michigan. So I'm like, oh, this is a, it's a lock. It's a shoe, you know? Yeah. And then I didn't hear from her. So yeah, well, the next day after I got scammed, she called and I just took it as a sign. And yeah. I came here. Moved to Denver. Moved to Denver. But when I moved here in that corporate environment, you know, they started to change compensation, change how I was getting paid. Mm. So I'm working more and not really making the same amount or not having the ability to make more, okay. right? Yep. And I just quit. Didn't know what I was going to do, but I quit. <laughs> and just, just knew it wasn't that. Yeah, I he, just... Peace out. <laughs> yeah, which is like the best decision I've ever made, mm. but also like, you know, there was definitely some negatives about that. <laughs> yeah, young, just extremely financially illiterate as mm. well. Mm. So, you know, I had a 401k and I'm like... How old were you, roughly? 23. Okay. About 23 when you left Verizon. Yeah. Okay. Got and it. you had I been with so. them for how long? Yeah. I was with them for uh, three years or so. Okay. Oddly yeah. enough, Verizon is the sponsor of this podcast. Oh, awesome. Sick. <laughs> Shout out my people at VZ Dub. <laughs> Dude. I'm kidding for everyone who's... <laughs> No, it's cool. I still actually have a group chat that is still with my original Verizon people in Michigan. Yeah, it is an HR nightmare. (laughs) The the group chat, like even today, I got a text in there. You know, I don't really respond much, but it's just filled with yeah. That's hilarious. Funny things. Yeah, right on. So, yeah. So, anyways, when they started to adjust everything, I quit. Didn't know what I was going to do, so you know, I followed my passion and the biggest passion of mine and and what's really drove my whole life is music. I actually say hip hop is like a Bible for me. It's literally paved the way for everything about me. And so I just trusted myself, trusted my beliefs and knew I would figure it out. And so I got into music video editing and recording. Didn't know what I was doing. Figured it out. Had a couple of projects on the side, like with some freelancing websites Yeah. And then ultimately wasn't making enough money. I put together a couple shows and, you know, that sort of thing. And again, just wasn't making consistent income, but I knew I needed to work for myself. Yep. And then that's what got into, uh, you know, the idea of real estate. Real estate. And when, what year was that? That was 2018 2018. is when the idea came about. Okay. So it was about five years ago. Yeah. Roughly. Yeah. I mean, and, and once the idea was sparked, then it was like, okay, so again, how am I going to do this? There were some other jobs here too. Like I sold women's shoes at Nordstrom, designer shoes, you know, for a couple months. I I did all these little things. But then once I really knew what I wanted to do, I was like, okay, what, how can I get consistent income and pursue this? Yeah. And so I said, okay, I'm going to go find a serving job because then I'll work in the evenings, be able to do real estate during the day and figure it out. Right. So long story short, no one wanted to hire me uh, <laughs> because I had no, had no experience. But one guy gave me a chance 
And I think it's because we actually bonded over a book. I told him about the seven habits of highly effective people, right? Yeah, classic. Yeah. And I think he just believed in me, gave me a shot. You know, they had overhired help open uh, the Giordano's on 16th Street. Okay. They fired so many people. And every day I was like, am I going to be one of them? Mm. Kind of. I kind of knew I was kicking ass though. Nice. So, (laughs) so, uh, yeah, anyways, moved into bartending. And then at that time, I was just passing my real estate exam. So I was like, cool, I did everything, you know, I needed to do. Yeah. yeah. You know, I hustled a lot. I sold my car at a 2006 Chevy Cobalt, right? Sold it for a couple grand because I knew I couldn't go to showings. Well, in my eyes, right? Everyone's different. I felt I couldn't have this image of driving up in mm. a, a Chevy Cobalt 2006 and being able to instill confidence in the people I was meeting. So I sold that, used the proceeds to rent a car through Lyft. Okay. Because it was a brand new, you know, Hyundai Santa Fe. Yep. Right. So use that as a tool, again, to help me launch the real estate side of things. I had to do 20 rides a week minimum and still pay maybe, you know, a difference of a... Uh, uh, 50 bucks or so sometimes, depending yeah. on what I was making. So it was just a constant grind of, okay, I'm doing these rides, but then now I'm starting to get clients, right? So now I'm doing showings. Yep. Now I'm doing lift rides in the direction of my showings. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm waiting till the last minute, waiting till Sunday to do all 20 rides. So I had to wake up at 4 or 5 a.m. and do these oh, rides dude. before showings. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. So that was the whole thing until I got a couple deals under me and then was able to to make something else work. and. Restabilize. Let me, let me ask you this because this is I don't I don't even know if you realize you're you're saying this, but there's a to me when I hear you describe how you got into real estate, mm-hmm. there is a consistent history and and kind of proven track record of what I'm going to call grit and grind. Yeah, which is interesting because the previous two ep- episodes that we just recorded, or or last one and the one before that, was uh, a gentleman by the name of Brian Harbin, and we talk a lot about grit, and he runs a a company called Grit University. That's awesome. Which is super cool. That's yeah. really cool. Teaching kids how to kind of stiffen up and, you know, be full of endurance and mm-hmm. intestinal fortitude, as we like to call it. So so where does that come from for you? Because there's, you use words like, I had to hustle. There was a lot of grind involved. You didn't say grit in particular, but you're, you're talking about it where it's yeah. like, you know, I think a lot of people would just look at even the barrier of entry into real estate. Like, I don't, I don't have a nice car. I don't have a license. I, I don't even have a job. I just moved here. And and yet the puzzle pieces getting put together are, yeah, me neither. I I didn't know anyone here. I was supposed to be in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. I I moved here on a kind of a whim. Then I quit my corporate job because it probably wasn't culturally aligned. I'm guessing. Yeah. And then I got a job selling shoes. And then I somehow figured out a way to get a nicer car through Lyft and wake up at four a.m. on Sunday morning and do rides so that yeah. I could have the car. Like, there's just a chain of proven steps that somehow you took. Yeah. My guess is you probably didn't have that all planned out. Like that wasn't, it wasn't the business plan. <laughs> no, definitely not. Where does that come from though? The grind, the grit, the stick to the... Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm, and if I can add to that yeah. too, because I was going to ask the same thing, but like to take it even one step further, you're doing things that are unreasonable. I think that's a good word to mm. use. I wrote down in my notes, literally whatever it takes, but why? Yeah. Like it <laughs> sounds like you knew that you wanted to go down this path, but, but yeah. you're putting you're putting way more sacrifice and, and energy into making this happen than I think the average person would. So mm-hmm. why, why was that? Why was it so important to you? So two questions there. Why, where did this grit come from? Yeah. Great question, Dave. And then also, why, why, real, why was that important to you? So the grit and 
hustle, whatever you want to call it, definitely just comes from the upbringing I had. You okay. know, just how I grew up, grew up in a trailer park, was like really embarrassed by it, right? And ever since, because I would actually go to another school with kids who like had houses and that sort of thing. They were out in the country. My mom wanted me to go to that school rather than the school where I actually lived. Mm -hmm. um, it wasn't private or anything like that, but it was just a different public school I could go to. Yeah. So I had two different groups of friends. One I was you know, kind of embarrassed about, you know, like where I lived. Okay. And so it was just always this mindset of, I don't ever, you know, want my kids one day to feel this way or, you know, I'm going to get out of this and I'm going to, it was just, it, it put something inside of me to want to have a different life, yeah. essentially. That's powerful. I mean, that's, that's huge. Yeah. And yeah, so I was fortunate enough, like my mom never gave me anything, you know, she was a single mom, you know, for, for a few years there as well. So it was just, she was always hustling, Yep. you know, and she always... I mean, there's probably so much I don't even know that mm -hmm. she was doing, you know? Yeah, right. So I've just always kind of taken that. And even through sports, right? Like my my grandpa and my uncles at the time were just like, you can outwork anyone, you know? Mm -hmm. Like that's something you can control yep. is outworking someone. And then you'll be able to play, right? You put in 110%, well, you'll you'll be on the field. So that's that's where that comes from. And then, you know, the reason why I cared so much to make this happen is because I believed in it. Mm. I believed it's what I need to do for what I want out of my life. And that's, you know, a whole different can of, of everything there. But, you know, it's, it's me understanding that the majority of wealth comes through real estate. Mm. Right. Where'd you, where'd you learn that? Was that just self education? Okay. You know, reading. Yeah. I really kind of took on that role when I, my freshman year of college. Okay. And when I realized that's, that's, I swear to God, right? Like when I <laughs> grew up in the town I grew up in, I really, when I went to college, I, I truly didn't know there was any Michigan state fans. I thought everyone was a Michigan fan. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And then that's when these, that's when these things uh, start to open up of like, oh wow, there really are like so many different people. <laughs> so, you know, I know something silly, so but that's something I actually I was like, no way you're Michigan State fan. Yeah. These people exist. You know? and, uh, let me one up you. Yeah. When I went to college, I didn't know that ATMs were tied to my bank account. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> That's a whole nother podcast. Yeah. Oh my god. But there you go. So um, yeah. I'm right there with you. We 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 learn. Yeah, we exactly. Learn. So in college, I just started to soak in information, law of attraction, mm -hmm. that kind of mm -hmm. stuff, you know, just self-education in general. Mm -hmm. And you know, if there's a will, there's a way. Yeah. I am a solution seeker. Like that is what I am. And that's, it's weaved throughout my entire life. Fast forward back to where we were, right? You're getting into real estate for the first time. Talk about your start in real estate and walk us through, you were at a couple different brokerages before you came to Thrive. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. So walk us through some of the highlights and lowlights of your real estate journey up until now. Mm -hmm. And then we've got some follow-up questions after that. Yeah. So, so the highlights, I think it just started to click when I started to hear other people's conversations. Mm -hmm. So here's, here's another thing too, is when I first got into real estate, because I was so stubborn, because I wanted to work for myself, I was a solo agent for six months. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. I didn't know what the hell I was doing, yeah. but I'm like, I'm not joining no team. <laughs> I'm going to figure this out. Right. You know? 
And then I realized, well, how was I successful before? After six months, somehow I did a deal. It was with a kid from high school in Michigan, bought a cabin in Fairplay and flipped it. <laughs> so, so cash deal, didn't even see the home. Me personally didn't see it. Okay. He drove by and was like, this is what I want to do. And yeah, anyway, so I had one deal six months, which was luck. And uh, so how, how was I successful before? Well, it's because I surrounded myself with people who were good at what they did mm. and then soaked it up like a sponge and made it my own. Yeah. So that this was what you realized? That's what I realized. And you, and you were like, I, so I, could, I need to, I could grind it out in the solo mm-hmm. or I could work smarter. Right. And you know, I don't have a, a sphere here or anything. Um, you know, I was only, still am, you know, the only person from my original life, you know, that, that was here. So how was I going to be efficient Mm -hmm. and make this work? Right. And not just be a bartender for, you know, forever or until, you know, I started getting things rolling. And so that opened up my eyes to interviewing. I interviewed with one team and knew that's what I need to do. Yeah. And sure enough, I learned so much. Yeah. So much. And it wasn't initially, but then again, once I started to hear recordings of people and how they talk and the things they say yeah. and how they handle objections, it just, it clicked. It started to make sense. It made sense. You start seeing gaps in your own thinking and in your own dialogue with people, your own interaction. Yeah, it's the dialogue. It's yeah. the dialogue. Because I, I can, I'm fairly good at, you know, I meet someone, I can make a friend. Sure. Right. And that's, I think, foundational. I mean, that's something I, you know, talk with even the, the people I'm mentoring now, make a friend. Yeah. And then, you know, now we can work on the things that we need to work on, but the subject right. matter expertise. Exactly. Yeah. The foundation is make a friend. People do business with people they like. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, once I started to know what to say, then I could understand also the process and the steps. You say this, now this is the next step. This is the next step. And then you understand people are looking for you for guidance. Yeah. So you need to understand how to get them to the promised land. Yeah. You know? Yep. So to go back to highlights, right? It would definitely be that light bulb that went off, right? When you first start to understand the the business and what we do and mm-hmm. how we make it happen for other people. Yeah. And then two, you know, I there was a point I think the most I've ever had, you know, under contract at once was six or seven. Mm-hmm. And it just felt right. Yeah. It felt good. Even though I was crazy busy, I, lo- I, I feel like I thrive in the, in the chaos. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So that's definitely, definitely a highlight. Nice. Yeah. yeah. You know, full calendar, appointment to appointment. Yep. Also mentoring between, you know. It's awesome. Yep. Yeah. Lowlights, you know, we, we do work with the general public. <laughs> is that your caveat so before you say I hate people I, so I think I know where you're going with it. <laughs> you know yeah you know sometimes you can't please everyone even though for sure yeah, yeah. but also it's a, it's a learning moment you know without a doubt with making sure you know how to handle certain situations you're just going to yeah. go through things it's funny you asked what one of my favorite rap lines that I've made was and it just came to me Yes. So I say, you have to go through it to grow through it. David, you writing this down? I got it. I'm on it. <laughs> so that's... <laughs> that's yeah. good. Yeah, you got to go through it to grow through it. Yep. So I just accept everything as it, as it happens and just try not to make the same mistakes twice. Yeah, and when I think about lowlights, I think about times in my career where, you know, one of the things I say is if you're not crying, you're not trying. 
And there will be moments in your business when you're, <laughs> when you're working hard and it's not going well and, and internally you know you deserve more, you deserve yeah. better, but you're not getting the results. Yeah. Have you ever cried in your real estate business? And Without a doubt. So as soon why? as you started to speak on that, I knew where you're going <laughs> and it hit me, right? Like yeah. I've, I've sobbed in my car and hit the steering wheel. Yeah. yeah. Join the club. You know? Yeah. And that's when it's, I'm doing the lift stuff, right? I'm overwhelmed. Uh, yeah. Because I'm doing all these things, but I couldn't, you know, reap the, the benefit yet. Yeah. It hadn't come to fruition. That's what Landon used to call the hard yards. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like football analogy, obviously. Yeah. But. yeah. And what about, um, can you think of one, like once you'd been in it for a while, right? Because there comes a moment where, there's that phase where you're just trying to get good at it and you still have a little bit of imposter syndrome and you're, you've closed some deals, but you're not sure if they were just luck. Yeah. But then yeah. you do get to a point where you're like, okay, I'm actually good at this. It's not lucky. Like I, I do have some skill. I have some aptitude for this. Once you're past that point, you know, was there a low moment that you can think of where it just wasn't going well? And, you know, I, I hate to ask this, but maybe you even thought about quitting real estate. Mm -hmm. Have you ever gotten to that point? Yeah, you know, it, it is funny you bring that up. It wasn't quitting necessarily because I, I just can't fathom that idea. Right, right? But, the, but the, I don't want to do this anymore. But, you know, it was, there was ideas like, could I do something else? Yeah. Do I want to do something else? Yeah. And it, it was tough. I was going through a lot of transitions, even with the last place I was at before Thrive. And I just wasn't happy doing what I was doing because mm. I'd also gone into different roles and so by going through it, I realized what I like and what I don't like. Mm -hmm. Yep. And I truly enjoy mentoring, right? Truly enjoy that. Truly enjoy helping agents get off the ground and connections with people mm -hmm. and building relationships. So there was a point where I wasn't really doing that. And I'm like, what am I doing? How did I get in this position? You know, like it's almost like I lost sight of what I was aiming for, you know, from the get. Yeah. Uh, what got you up in the morning and... Yeah. Yeah. What kept you going? Yeah. Yeah. I lost sight of all that. So, yeah, that was definitely a hard time. And then, you know, one conversation with Rob, and I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> there's a light. <laughs> Dude, we connected so well right off the bat. Yeah. I mean, we jammed out on like, you are so into self development. You're well read. You're constantly searching for answers. It was just so easy for us to connect. Yeah. And I think. I think we were, we were doing a lot of things well that were maybe some of the things that had been missing mm -hmm. for you. Mm -hmm. And so I actually had that written down, like, what, why thrive? And, you know, what, what's been different since you've gotten here? Because you, you had about, correct me if I'm wrong, about three years roughly of experience before you got to thrive. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And since you've gotten to thrive, like what has been different, you know, and why is thrive a good fit for you specifically? I think I have more autonomy. I didn't realize I even would want that mm -hmm. or how that would affect me in a positive way. So I, I think that's something that, you know, since I have been here, it's something I've reflected on. And, you know, some days I just go work at a coffee shop. I love coffee shops. Yeah. Yeah. That is a good environment for me. That is a good environment. <laughs> yeah. You know, and before it was always, oh, I go to this space yeah. every day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, you, and had, you had required office time before. Yeah, pretty much, yep. pretty much. And now I love that. I do love it because then there's camaraderie with other people, right? Again, back to the relationship side of things. But for my business 
in general and and my well-being just to be able to do what I want to do when I want to do it. I think is is huge. But on top of that, all the people here are great, right? I think, you know, it's like a top-down leadership approach. You guys are great people and it shows with the people you guys have brought on. Mm. So, yeah, I think that trickles down everywhere. Yeah. And then, you know, everyone's just willing to help each other. Mm. So it's, it's, it's like you guys are 10 years ahead of where I was initially or was at before this mm. too. So it's almost like I just... Time traveled. <laughs> we do like to say we bend time. Yeah. <laughs> One of the things we like to do. But uh, just that concept of, it's an interesting balance, isn't it? Where, you know, real estate, I think, fundamentally has to attract people that are self-driven, self-motivated, self-confident, and therefore also have some level of expectation of, I want to be my own boss, set my own schedule, pull myself up by my own bootstraps, like all of the, you know, all the common language that we would hear. Right. The balance between that, that autonomy that you're talking about, can quickly slip into, you're just a lone ranger. You're just occupying a silo. Yeah. You are completely shut off, closed off, and disconnected from a team atmosphere, collaboration, visibility, line of sight into something bigger, something greater that everyone's singing off the same song sheet, you know? Yep. And that's an interesting balance. And I'm I'm interested to hear if you've got any insight into how to think about that balance. Because I think a lot of, if you're, if you're thinking back like three, three years ago, if you're a new agent coming in, you might have some of those thoughts of be my own boss, set my own schedule, yeah. make my own day. And while those are good, the vast, vast, vast majority of people, including me, are, are bad at being their own boss. Yeah. Like they just, oh, I, I you know am I mean? too. Like, I think we all are. You might be a great leader <laughs> you know? for other people, but when it yeah. comes to you, oftentimes we're not great bosses for ourselves. And so that's where, the, that's where that piece comes in where you go, yeah, the autonomy is fun. Like that's, that needs to be there. I think that's mm-hmm. the right move, especially if you're working with the right people. Right. Then they, of course, we want to have the mutual trust and respect of like, go, go, go do your deal. Go rock your day. Go mm-hmm. own the week. Like you do you. you, you know how to do this. And hey, let's meet up, you know, once a week, every other day, have some conversations, have some dialogue, have some visibility into competition and leaderboards and, yeah. you know, all the things. So it's, how do you think about the, the balance between the two and where's where's healthy for you. Yeah, it is tough to balance, mm. right? Because you can just go off the deep end and choose not to do anything right. if you don't want to. <laughs> right. You know? Weeks goes by and yeah. you're still at the coffee shop sink, sipping coffee. Right, yeah. Else. I'm not even doing anything else. I'm just sitting there, <laughs> you know? Um, but yeah, I mean, again, luckily for me, I've, I feel like I've taken the experiences I've had as well where... I was told before you don't schedule anything in the morning. Mm. You you are doing your prospecting in the morning, mm. or it's money making activities. Yep. Right. And even even before I got into any team, I listened to Tom Ferry podcast, and he would say the same thing. Yeah. You know, it's eight to eleven. You know, I'm outbound. Exactly. Prospecting. Right. And now, am I like that now? No, I'm I'm not. But I understand. <laughs> the it's it is a balance right like mm-hmm. okay i didn't do this yesterday i need to do it today like this and this yeah. is how i'm going to do it yeah i think it does come with experience yeah as well i mean if you start realizing you don't have any checks coming in 
That's <laughs> probably the best. Learn. You got to figure it's, it out. The best lesson of all. That's, yeah, that's a wake up call. You know, even talking to some of the newer agents, one thing I've, or at least that I've learned is, you know, it's before nine o'clock where you can make money. Mm, mm-hmm. You know, or it's after five o'clock mm-hmm. where you can make money. Yep. So if you're not having success, are you are you doing any of those things? Yeah. Right. Which is interesting because in real estate, you know, our key prospects aren't available between nine and five. Exactly. Nor do we want them to be. Right. We want them to be making money so yeah. that they can buy a house. Exactly. You know, so like, so fundamentally it's like- Especially w- in W-2 jobs because lending is easier. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We all, we all know that to be true. Yeah. So by definition, you're right. It's like, you're going to have to have a little bit of flexibility and sacrifice even, yeah. even if you're saying, I want to set my own schedule. What I hear you saying is that's wonderful. Just make sure your schedule is- from seven to nine and from five to eight. <laughs> right. Because that's when your prospects are going. Exactly. And on the weekends when, yeah. all, when everyone else is, yeah. you know, having fun and doing whatever they're doing. Exactly. And that's the the plight of the entrepreneur. Yeah. 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 Can you talk about, you know, when you say everyone's willing to help each other? Mm-hmm. That sounds really good. But what does that actually look like? Can you think of a specific example where you had to rely on on the team at Thrive to support you when you needed some help? I think for me... If I ever need anything, I'm I'm good at trying to go to the right person, right? So if it is something transactional, like, you know, behind the scenes, I guess, we'll, we'll put it there, whether it's Sarah, whether it's Tony, whether it's Kelly, I mean, literally anything I've ever needed on that side of things, I've been able to reach out. And even, I might say, oh, I know it's past, you know, five o'clock or, you know, whatever. Um, and I still at least get a text back or... It's just a willingness that's there. That is, I don't feel like I'm pestering anyone. Yeah. Mm. And that's just been, it's been great. Not that I've like encountered that before, you know, where it would be negative. Sure. But I mean, those are my kind of people. Yeah. You know, we're at the end of the day, just we're people. Yeah. It's, it's, it's funny. We, uh, we talk a lot about just the body of work, you know, at, at Thrive and even the support staff, you know, they have their hours that they generally adhere to. But in the end, I think everybody buys into this idea of the body of work is moving people to their better life. Mm. That's what we're up to. Yeah. And is that always nine to five? It's not. And and is it always while you're not on vacation? No. (laughs) Yeah. It's a full time gig. It's like twenty four seven. It's like being an on call cardiologist. You know. Yeah. Within reason, of course. But but that cultural line of thinking of if Brandon needs me and 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 I'm the only one that can help then we got to go yeah it doesn't matter like what yeah. what time it is or what you're doing or you know, yeah. vacation or not whatever it's it's a it's just a yeah it's a special thing for sure yeah that, that attitude i was curious too if i if i can take a right hand turn cuz do it our business model our business thesis at thrive so to speak is you know highly predicated on what we would call working with strangers <laughs> yeah <laughs> which you know in the real estate world you know, props to Gary Keller from Keller Williams by by saying, hey, there's two groups of people in your life. The people that you've met and the people that you haven't. <laughs> it's like, Simple as that. Un- unarguable. Like, yeah. That's true of every human being. Uh, and then as it, re- as it pertains to real estate, what that gets synthesized as is leads or online leads or online generated leads, however you want to think about, talk about that. And then um, sphere type of, of business, right? So people that you already know, whether that's friends, family, 
your dry cleaner, all the things. And so we always talk about both of those categories, marketing to and attracting both of those categories works. Mm -hmm. They both work. They both have their pluses. They both have their minuses. They both have their advantages. They both have their disadvantages. So talk a little bit about just what your experience has been at Thrive with our thesis that for the first, you know, three to four years, we've kind of championed the idea of working with strangers. Yeah. And and us generating potential relationships, or as you said earlier, you know, hey, the first thing you got to do is make a friend, right? Yeah. And so we got to make friends with people that we don't know so that we can move them to their better life and then be involved with them as an advisor as a real estate advisor for the remainder of their life, some of them we will actually befriend and we, we will become friends. Yeah. Some of them we won't. We'll just be, remain their real estate advisor and and just kind of have a, you know, more um, business relationship. Yeah. Right. But what's been the advantage and disadvantage for having that be such a push and such a focus at Thrive um, work in the first three to, to four years, sometimes even longer, to build a database with strangers, with leads? Yeah, so to me, it's fun, to be honest. It is fun. But the the thing is, not only do you have to make a friend, you have to make a friend within like the first five minutes of you meeting them. Right? <laughs> yeah, right. Totally. So if you aren't, if you don't have the process down, there really is a process I go through before I meet someone. Oh. Of how am I going to win them right away? Yeah. You know? I want to know um, what this is. <laughs> well, it's nothing crazy, right? I just do my homework. Wait, this isn't just God-given talent? No. No, it's not. <laughs> it's, it's 27 push-ups, yeah. 14 jumping jacks, yep. meditation. Yep. I'm looking in the mirror. I'm talking so to myself. You, you caught our attention. Both of our eyes went up yeah. when you said totally. that. So, yeah, talk about that process and I mean, how you discovered this. It's how am I going to bring them value, information, resources that they can't get anywhere else? Mm. How are they going to come to me and realize I have the answers? So you've kind of gamified it. Oh, it, it, it definitely is a, I mean, it sounds bad, but it is a game to me and I like it and it's fun. Interesting. So I, I do enjoy meeting strangers. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> right. the, it's the gamification of long-term vision, which of course is moving people to their better life. And of our, course. Usually involves either buying or selling a yeah. home. Yeah. Not always, but usually. Yeah. And so the, Man, that's a whole other podcast. The, the game, the gamification of <laughs> yeah. real estate. Yeah. yeah, I mean, but just a brief summary. It's you know, it's the little things of just calling the listing agent on the way to the showing. Mm-hmm. What can you tell me that isn't in the MLS? Because if you call them and, and say, "Tell me about the property," they're going to tell you it's in the MLS. Go read the MLS. Yeah. So I'm letting them know I'm not an idiot. Yeah, I've already read the MLS. Yeah, I'm looking for the details. even if I haven't. Right. <laughs> Even if it's on my iPad ready to go. Right. But you know, it's like what what else can you tell me? The tidbits, the interesting yeah. things. Yeah. Yeah. That no one else can find out unless they talk to you. Yep. So and then you're able to bring that. Yep. What else? I mean, of course, you know, uh other properties in the area that I can r- refer to while I'm talking to them. Yep. Oh, did you guys see the one around the corner? Oh, you didn't? Well, check it out. I have it right here. You want to check it out? I already have it booked, you know, just in case you wanted to go see it. Nice. And then, of course, just how and what questions and making a friend, trying to, if you make someone laugh, you're, you're usually in a little bit. Yeah. Be, be funny, make money. That's right. Yeah. I've never heard that before. Yeah. 
That's a good one. <laughs> That's be so funny, make money. Hundred percent true. And we're we not talking it. not talking about being a comedian. We're talking about being real and of relational course. and yeah. present. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I always try to think of something negative to say about the home. Mm. The first one that we see. Mm. There's always something negative. Yeah. yeah. Just to let them know, like, hey, I'm on your side. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to sell you this home. Yep. Like I'm trying to build a relationship with you. Yeah. yeah. Totally. So good. It's awesome. The biggest thing in that is, is just your mindset, right? Because I think one of the things I've seen for new agents, particularly um, brand new agents that don't have any experience whatsoever, many of which are coming to us with also no sales or entrepreneurial experience. Mm-hmm. Right? So that not only are they have never had a 1099 or commission, straight commission job, performance-driven job, they've also never been in, uh, in the industry, as it were, of sales. And so what ends up happening a lot of times, I think, is people get overly conscientious of themselves. Mm. And what am I saying? What am I not saying? What am I supposed to say? All the laws, fair housing, like the process, the whole thing. And yeah. what I hear you saying is, hey, well, all that's very important. You kind of have to relax. Yeah. And just be present, be personable and human. Yep. More oh. than anything. But what's interesting, you didn't say what I thought you were going to say when you started talking about people new to the industry or new to sales. Yeah. So, yes, right? Like 100% agreed with what you said. But but in addition to that, we see this a lot too, where people get in and their thought is, oh, you're teeing me up with a lead from Zillow. It's really far down the funnel. I just have to show up at the showing and be nice and ask the right questions and they're going to do a transaction with me. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, 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 no. This is not order taking. Yes, too many people treat it like order taking. What yeah. you just described takes work and not like a couple minutes worth of work. Yeah. Like some serious prep time. But dude, you're a pro's pro. And what I wrote down was order taking versus earning the sale. Mm-hmm. Right. Like you are earning the right to be their agent with the amount of prep work and professionalism that you're bringing to the table before they even show up to meet you for the first time. Right. Right. Like. You that have is, to. That is worlds of difference. And that, that was actually one of the questions I had is, is what makes a successful real estate agent? And I'd be curious if you have other thoughts on that, but, but I, that, that has to be a big part of it, right? Yeah. Is being a professional and not just an order taker. Like, Without a doubt. You have no right to them giving you their business just because you were the one that showed up and opened a door for them. Yeah, it's an agent of convenience versus the, the agent of conviction, right? You know, that is convicted about the right way to do this right, is to prepare and to, you said earlier, I try my darndest with your line of thinking to, to ask yourself, how can I bring them value? Yeah. And opening a lockbox is not valuable. Nope. Like anybody can do that. Yeah. But market orientation, possible alternatives to the house that they actually called you about. Yep. You know, just all of these things, interesting tidbits about either the home or the neighborhood or the trajectory of the the market or whatever. Right. Protect, yeah. Protecting them from potential mistakes. Potential, yeah. yeah. So one of my favorite questions to ask as well is, you know, how long do you plan to be in this home? Mm. Right? Because yeah. now it opens up, like, are you thinking about investment purposes? Are you thinking this is your forever home? Yeah. Those are two different tracks. It fundamentally changes what yeah. you, what you what we're going to do. If you're only going to be there a couple of years, mm-hmm. well, you know, we're not going to, be maybe in a new build community that's still building. Right. Huge. Right. Yeah. So, and, and even if they aren't, I tell them that's why I'm asking the question so they know I know what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> right. So good. What, so. what else would you add um, in terms of what makes a real estate agent successful? 
you have to keep your mind sharp. And I don't just mean with knowledge. I mean like your being and your aura. What are some of the things that you do to do that? Because I know you do. Uh, yeah, I mean, definitely reading. And, you know, to be honest, I did not like audiobooks at all yeah. until I got into real estate. And then I'm doing showings. And as much as I love music, I also want to learn some stuff. And it's outside your, of that. You're in your car a lot. I'm in my car so, all day. Yeah. Every day. I love being in my car. Well, <laughs> um, well when you're not at a coffee shop. Right. Exactly. Those are, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Those two places. <laughs> we need a drive-in coffee shop. <laughs> oh, <dude>. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be writing that down. But so, yeah, I mean, okay, let's listen to audiobooks. And then I found out what I like, what I don't like with audiobooks, right? So I'm, I'm just learning different things. It's, it's usually not about real estate. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. it's leadership. It's just life. Yep. And so, so that's definitely one thing I do. And then, you know, when I write music, that's definitely therapeutic for me. Yeah. 100%. Right. And I've finally gotten back into the gym over the last couple of weeks. Nice. That feels good. And I've. Good for you, dude. I also know when I was at the top of my game in my business, I was hitting the gym and doing all these other things as well yeah. for myself yeah. um, to put me in position to, to again, have the right aura, have the right energy yeah, right. to be able to attract everything I want. Yeah. Which is funny because those are like the fundamentals, even if you weren't in real estate. Yeah. Look to any great leader, any great motivator, whether it's in the industry of real estate or outside the industry of real estate, and they're going to tell you that your mind, your heart, and your body are very, very, very attached. Yeah. They're not separate things. And so, if you know, what do they call that? The success is contagious internally mm -hmm. if, you're, if you're super successful with your mind it, it's funny you said what you just said because if you're super successful with your mind there's something about that, that that you want that to bleed over into other areas of your life and next thing you know you're like i need to go back to the gym yeah probably has something to do with the fact that you were exercising your brain mm -hmm. you know and yep. your brain's like yeah let's get our body going too <laughs> like yeah and and one thing uh i don't remember if it was a book or, or where it came from, but it said, you know, you get depressed when you stop fulfilling the promises you make to yourself. Mm, I've never heard that before. A super I have no yeah. idea where that came from. That's I don't remember. Good. But again, it just, it, it stuck with me. Yeah. You know, and so there was a, a time even like last week, you know, I told myself I wanted to write music and I didn't. The next day I was like, I'm not going to break a promise with myself and yeah. I'm going to do this. And yeah, I mean, confidence comes from fulfilling those promises yeah. you keep to yourself. Yeah. I'm reading a, a book right now by Ben Hardy. He's a psychologist and also highly in, in the business world, mm -hmm. unpacking psychology as it relates to business, but something very similar, except the inverse, which he says, if you want a better tomorrow, you have to have a bigger today. Mm. And so it's this concept of you got you to gotta get after it today if, if you want tomorrow to be what you hope for. Yeah. Which the inverse of that is if you stop fulfilling the steps that you know it takes to get there, I could see how that could result in depression. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like that, that's what happens. Yep. So it's, yeah, it's fascinating. I wish I knew where it came from. <laughs> <laughs> I do. <laughs> so good. We're going to have to Google it. I wrote it down. Okay. That's yeah, it's so good. Might have to be part two uh, at some point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So as we wind down for today, any last thoughts that you'd like to share before we wrap up? Thank you guys. This was fun. Of course. <laughs> this was fun. You know, I was a little nervous because I don't... Uh, <laughs> you crushed it. You guys, yeah, you kept it rolling. 
So yeah. thank you. Right on. It was really, it was really good to have you on, man. I know you were nervous before, but just so you know, like the stuff that you have in your mind and in your in your heart and your your history, yeah. your experience, it's super valuable. I'm just telling you, like it's that's it's a it's a big deal, and other people can and will benefit from it to the extent that you're you're willing to share it. And yeah. So just just know that that it's a really big deal. Yeah, that is cool. I never thought of that actually. Yeah. You know that someone could benefit from that. So. Thanks for, uh, yeah, putting this together and allowing me to speak my, uh, my truth. Right yeah. on. You're awesome. Well, let's, let's get him back on again soon. 100%. Yeah, and I'm thinking the topic for next time because there's a lot of stuff you talked about that I was like, oh, I want to go down this road, but we don't have time today. <laughs> yeah. This isn't yeah. a three-hour podcast. So right. the next time we, you come on, there's a lot of different directions we could go, but I would love to talk more about mentorship. Mm-hmm. Okay. Just, your experience with mentorship, what makes a good mentor, what are the hard parts of that? Because... I know that's something that's that's very like near and dear to your heart. It's yeah. something that you've done. It's something you're currently doing at Thrive. And that'll be a little bit teaser for a future episode. There you cool. go. Looking forward to it. All Love right. It. Thanks, man. All right. We're out.